of the world is within you. Sacred and worthy is your soul. A place has been made for you. Welcome to the First Unitarian Society of Denver podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey of the mind, the heart, and the spirit. You may also visit us on the web at fusden.org or find us on Facebook. This week's audio selections come from First Unitarian's online service held Sunday, September 6, 2020. The title is From the Bottom Up. The Time for All Ages is by Aaron Kenworthy. The homily is by Reverend Mike Moran. Good morning, First Unitarian. Welcome to our online worship this morning, this first Sunday in September. I hope wherever you are, you are staying connected and staying healthy. I want to hold up a few joys and concerns of our larger community at this time. Uh, I want to let you know, sadly, that John Martinez, who's a former member of our church, uh, who's the ex-husband of Beth Lundin Martinez and the father of Gabe and Emma Martinez, who grew up in our congregation, uh, John passed away from cancer a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we send our prayers of comfort and strength to John's family and especially to Beth and to Gabe and to Emma. I want to let you know that Laura Mueller's mother, Flora Schinkel, uh, is uh, now in hospice. Um, she is not expected to live very long. I'm sure Laura is with her at this moment. Um, we send our prayers of comfort to Laura at this time of transition in her life, and we wish her mother's passing to be peaceful. I want to hold up all of us right now who are just struggling with various aspects of pandemic boredom and pandemic stress and pandemic disconnection and pandemic worry about our finances and our jobs and our retirements. Um, I want to hold up all of us who are stressed out by the upcoming election and the antics of our current president and the gaslighting that we are receiving on a daily basis. Um, stay connected, folks. Make sure you get out and vote. Um, most importantly, stay connected. We're going to get through this. For our call to worship this morning, I want to share a poem from Langston Hughes, uh, the occasion being this uh, Sunday when we're going to attempt our first ever online water communion. Langston Hughes wrote, I've known rivers. I've known rivers ancient as the world and older than the flow of human blood and human veins. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. I bathed in the Euphrates when dawns were young. I built my hut near the Congo and it lulled me to sleep. I heard, I looked upon the Nile and raised the pyramids above it. I looked, I heard the singing of the Mississippi when Abe Lincoln went down to New Orleans and I've seen its muddy bosom turn all golden in the sunset. I've known rivers, ancient, dusky rivers. My soul has grown deep like the rivers. Welcome. So glad you are with us today. Amen. The wheel of the year has turned to the end of summer, the beginning of another school year, and the beginning of a new church year as well. Ordinarily, to mark this occasion, 
Each year, we do a water communion and a backpack blessing to celebrate our ingathering. But friends, this year is not an ordinary year. Our water communion gave us a chance to mix water collected from many sources and the various places that we encountered during our summer adventures. We would bring our water, name the different sources where it was collected, then proceed to the front of the sanctuary and add it to water from previous years to be used in blessings and ceremonies during the year. And this year is no ordinary year. Our backpack blessings filled up our bags that carry us through our day-to-day -day lives with the love and trust and laughter and other intangible gifts that we receive in this community. We also usually received a keychain or a mini chalice to place in the bag as a way to carry this community with us on the days that we were not together. And this year is no ordinary year. But the time has arrived to commune our water and bless the tools that carry us through our far from ordinary year. And like water, we adapt and change so that we may go along with the flow of time, like water that continues its movement in a steady and predictable stream, even when the environment has shifted. And so this year we bless our chairs with our water. Yes, the one that you are sitting in right now. This year, we bless our chairs and places of sitting with water closest to our chairs, knowing that any water is a mixture of recycled droplets that have each traveled over distance and time to arrive in our hands today. Please, if you are able, gather some water and join us this morning as we celebrate and utilize water in our own blessings. And then locate a chair to bless. You'll want to select the one that you sit in most often. Repeat after me, blessed chair, place of rest and support. We have spent too many hours together And still, you welcome me like a friend, ready to support me without condition. You hold me up during meetings and meals, games and moments of quiet, moments of reading and rest. You have witnessed my growth over these past months. Today, I honor and bless you for being here for me when I need you. I may often take you for granted, but I appreciate your solid back, your ample seat, and sturdy legs upon which I rely. Please accept my gift 
of a water sprinkle as a clearing of any energy you continue to hold that is no longer needed. I release the extra weight of anxiety, worry, anger, fear, and weariness. May these things evaporate along with the droplets I offer. And in their absence, make space for connection, love, learning, exploration, strength, nourishment, and rest that will carry us through this extraordinary time. May we rest and rise in these times when it is necessary to do both. Blessed be, may it be so, and amen. Good morning, First Unitarian, once again. Thank you for passing me this water. This water that you have collected or sampled or brought from your homes or wherever your travels might have been. I take this water and I add it to the water in this jar. This jar contains the collected waters from years of water communions at First Unitarian Denver, the stories and the travels and the locations and the lives of hundreds and hundreds of people over decades of time. This water, this water is made sacred by the many hands that have poured it with intention and with love, the many stories that are contained in each drop, the many lives connected by commitment and by faith. May the water of life continue to flow through this community, shining reflections of each precious soul. May the water, may it continue to bless this community, a loving reminder of our covenant with each other and with the world. May its purity reflect the willingness to forgive ourselves and one another when we make mistakes. And in moments when the reservoir of hearts and spirits are drained by sorrow and pain, may we find comfort in the knowledge that we are surrounded by a deep and abundant love. Amen. Thank you for participating in our water communion this morning. Hey, First Unitarian. So this morning, we're going to take a little break from talking about racism and white supremacy culture and politics and the pandemic and cancel culture. Heaven knows all of those are pressing on our world right now, and heaven knows we could all use a little break from them. We'll come back to them, I promise. Every year, Unitarian Universalist congregations around the world take part uh, or participate in a water communion, which we did just a short while ago. Uh, that was a ritual initiated by Reverend Carolyn McDade about 40 years ago. Uh, that ritual of gathering waters from various places and mingling them together was uh, originally a ritual to empower and celebrate the connectedness of women. And I'm quoting here, the water symbolized the birth waters, the cycles of moon, tides, and women, the solidarity with women globally as women the world over traditionally draw and carry water. 
Water communion has expanded since then and has come to symbolize or celebrate the symbolic solidarity of all living things and of each of our lives and all of our connections together. So I was thinking about water. And then I started reading about water uh, and learning about water. And water is like just about miraculous. The more you learn about it, the more interesting it is. Right up there with carbon, right? This combination of hydrogen and oxygen is the reason you and I are here, of course. But I didn't know this. Did you know that water is older than the sun? Way back in the aftermath of the Big Bang, as hydrogen atoms were smashed together in the earliest stars, heavier elements like beryllium and carbon and oxygen were formed. And as those ancient stars exploded and the material scattered through space, hydrogen and oxygen bonded together and ice crystals, as they cooled, ice crystals uh, and ice dust and ice chunks were swirling around billions of years before the sun coalesced to become our, our sun uh, a mere four and a half billion years ago. Some of those ice chunks and ice dust and particles joined together with other rocks and particles and things that became the planets of our solar system, including ours. Scientists are now pretty sure that the original composition of the stuff that made planet Earth didn't have quite the amount of water that we have now, and they think the rest of the water to planet Earth came from asteroids and comets colliding with the Earth long before there was any life on it. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. It's like the water in this glass is space stuff. Older than any fossil you've ever seen, older than any rock you've ever held, older than the moon, older than the sun. Good stuff. A few other facts about water that I didn't know. 97% of the world's water is salty or otherwise undrinkable. Another 2% is locked in the ice caps, north and south, and in glaciers, which means that all the water humans use, all of it for agriculture, for manufacturing, waste treatment, livestock, drinking, all of that water represents just 1% of the water on Earth. Mirroring those percentages over a typical 100-year period, a water molecule on planet Earth spends 98 of those years in the ocean, 20 months as ice, about two weeks in lakes and rivers, and less than a week in the atmosphere. Kind of cool. And the atmosphere, I learned, has so much water in it at any given time that if all of it were to fall to ground simultaneously, be really bad for the atmosphere, but if that were to happen, it would cover the entire surface of the earth an inch deep. That water, the water that's in the atmosphere right now, as we speak, is more water than is in all the rivers, all the burbling brooks, all the streams, and all the canals all over the world combined. 
Climate scientists tell us that water regulates the Earth's temperature and the climate. And doctors know that water also regulates the temperature of the human body, which is about 60% water, uh, except for your brain, which is about 70% water. Uh, and that water carries nutrients, nutrients and oxygen to cells, cushions our joints, protects our organs and tissues, and removes waste from our bodies. I learned that water dissolves more substances than any other substance on earth or anywhere as far as i know even more than sulfuric acid and because water travels and it travels everywhere it carries the chemicals that dissolve in it the minerals the elements and microparticles and what this means for those of us who want to be environmentally conscious what this means is that every single thing the human beings bury in the ground or leave on the ground or spew into the air direct goes directly into the water system that's every single petrochemical every nitrogenous compound every molecule of carbon monoxide goes directly into an astonishingly efficient distribution system known as hydrology on planet earth I thought this was interesting, too. I learned that the typical American uses five times the amount of water as the typical European. Speaking of civilizations and paraphrasing my colleague, Reverend Don Randall, um, in the Mideast, the basin comprised of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, often referred to as the, as the Fertile Crescent, is thought to be the source of the mythical Garden of Eden, but more relative to us, uh, it was precisely that combination in that particular geography, that particular combination of drinkable water, fertile land, and agreeable climate that led to the earliest development of agriculture and domesticated livestock. And from that, of course, came the first organization of human civilizations and governments and international trade and written language and human specialization and organized religions. All three the major theistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, claim the Fertile Crescent as their birthplace. I thought it was interesting that um, in the Bible, water is mentioned in the very first paragraph in the book of Genesis, and almost the very last paragraph in the book of Revelations. In the book of Genesis, the very first paragraph, for darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Turns out water is mentioned over four, I'm sorry, over 700 times in Christian scripture, mentioned more often than faith, hope, prayer, and worship. Some of the most iconic Biblical stories revolve around water, like the 40 days and 40 nights of rain to cleanse the earth, and Moses parting the sea for the Hebrews to escape from Egypt, and 40 years later crossing the river Jordan into the land of Canaan where they settled, and uh, then later John the Baptist dunking Jesus in that very same river Jordan when he began his ministry, Jesus calming the waves with his voice, and a short time later actually walking on the water. 
book of Revelations, chapter 22, almost the very, very end of the whole Bible reads, Let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. In the Tao Te Ching, chapter 8 begins, The highest goodness resembles water, which benefits myriad things without contention. It fills low places from the bottom up, and therefore it is like the Tao. And so in dwelling, keep to the simple. In conflict, be fair and generous. In governing, don't try to control. In work, do what you enjoy. In family life, be completely present. When you are content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everyone will respect you. Friends, I don't know that I've ever lived through a time when more people and more people that I know and love are in desperate need of spiritual comfort and strength, more hungry for authentic connection with other human beings, more thirsty for a deep drink from the water of life. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, or wrestling with, or struggling through, that you will find some connection and comfort and community here with us this morning. And feel your connection across time and space to your community and to the larger community of life and of hope of which you are an essential and needed part. I know you might feel alone. A lot of us feel alone and isolated right now. But you're not alone. May we be connected in spirit as we are connected through the water of life, the water of the earth, the water of the cosmos. I'm going to close with this thought from a Chinese writer, Deng Ming Dao, who wrote, We may be floating on the Dao, but there's nothing wrong with steering. If the Tao is like a river, it's certainly good to know where the rocks are. Amen. Hope to see you soon. Behind all our differences and beneath our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together throughout all time, through life and death and the space between the stars, throughout all time, through life and space between the stars Our benediction today comes from Omar Khayyam translated by Edward Fitzgerald 
titled Go Like the River. Like wind I go, and with them the seed of wisdom did I sow, and with my own hand wrought to make it grow, and this was all the harvest that I reaped, I came like water, and like wind I go. Go in peace.